This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. God is so awesome. Uh, you know, uh, we have been on a series on miracles. And, uh, you know, I, I'm believing that God's going to do some miracles this year. Yes, Amen. Yes. And, you know, the key to seeing God's miracles in our life is to believe. So we just must believe. We must keep the switch of faith turned on. Amen. In other words, we do that through expectation. So, you know what? I'm expecting. How many people out here are expecting God to do awesome things this year in your lives? I'm expecting. Amen. And so really expectation is the ingredient of miracles. And today I want to talk to you about having a fresh perspective, having a fresh perspective in actually the new normal. Are you used to the new normal yet? You know, they say it takes 21 days to develop a habit or to get used to something. I think we've been in the new normal for over 21 days and I'm not used to it. (laughs) I'm, I'm not used to the new normal, and, and I know that we are believing that it's going to go back to normal, but as Christians, I don't believe we're going to go back to normal, per se. I believe we're going to move into the new normal, amen? In other words, we're going to move into a new place in Christ, because, you know, during this time that, you know, things are locked down, I'm missing some things, you know, I'm... I'm missing the restaurants that I used to frequent and I'm missing, you know, going into Starbucks and, you know, there's long lines now at Starbucks. And, you know, I haven't I've only been to Starbucks once in the past two weeks because I'm making my own coffee and um, and I'm doing a pretty good job. Hallelujah. And so and so, uh, you know, but I'm not getting used to the new normal. But, you know, I'm going to say this, that. We may be in areas of our life where we may not like, but I want you to think about this. How's your attitude when things are happening that you don't like? Is your attitude staying right? And so today I want you to have a fresh perspective on what's going on. You know, I'm, I'm realizing how much I value my freedoms and, and that when my freedoms are taken away, how much I realize, um, you know, how much I miss them. Amen. And, and uh, you know, I, it, this is just a taste of, of sort of living under a little bit of oppression, even though that we doing it for the good of the people. It's still be, we're still being oppressed in some way by, by not allowing us to go to the parks with our family and go to the beach. And there is a, there's a little bit of oppression there. And so, you know, the scientists and all those, they're, they're doing what they believe is, is right for our community. But um, I'm going to say this. Don't be in fear in this time. Stay in faith. Stay in faith. And I'm not afraid of the virus. You know, uh, my, mom's, my mom's in her 70s. She's not afraid. We, you know, we're just not afraid. Why? Because we have Jesus. You know, we, we have the uh, greatest person in history, amen, Jesus, and guess where he resides? Not only in heaven, but he resides in every believer. Somebody say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. 
not only do we have Jesus abiding in us, amen, we have the name of Jesus, and that name is above every name, amen, amen. and it's above the name of cancer, amen. it's above the name of heart disease, yes. it's, it's, it's above the name of any virus yes. that may be coming down the pike, and all we have to do is just use the name of Jesus, more often, and I think that's what we're not doing. We need to be exalting Jesus and not the coronavirus. Amen. We need to be exalting what Jesus has done for us and the promises that, that he has given us through his blood sacrifice on the cross. So I want to talk to you about a fresh perspective. And let's look at Isaiah forty three nineteen because I, I think this is pretty awesome. And um, I think this is what God wants to do in our lives every day that we wake up. Um, and he says in Isaiah 43, verse 19, he says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in wilderness and rivers in a desert. So what, is God, what does God want to do in our lives? He, he wants to do a new thing. In other words, he wants us to have a fresh perspective. He wants us to see things for, not from the valley of despair, but he wants us to see things from the mountaintop. And when we start seeing things from the mountaintop, that's his perspective. All the problems, all the things of this life become small. And so we need to just have a perspective that God wants in this time of the lockdown, that God wants to do a new thing in our lives. I think sometimes we, we take for granted you know, our freedoms and we take for granted coming to church and we take for granted. Sometimes it can be like, oh, I, I have to go to church today. And I don't know if you've been there or not. Amen. But sometimes you're like, oh, I know not not you, not the church family, but every once in a while you feel like, well, you're just doing it out of duty. And we don't serve God out of duty. Amen. We serve God out of love. Yes. And I don't know about you, but Sundays is one of my most favorite days of the week. Why? Because we come together and the word of God is ministered and the presence of God is in this place. Amen. And God is revealing truth and setting us more free. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I want to become more free every day. Amen. So I'm going to talk to you about a fresh perspective. And um, uh, I, I like what it says here in Acts 2, 17 and 18. And because, see, I believe in, we're in the end days. Now, when people say that they talk about the end days and sometimes the prophets will, will preach gloom and doom, I, I think the, the end of the days for the Christian is going to be good. Amen. In other words, the church is going to get brighter and we know the world is going to get darker. But I like what it says in Acts 2, 17 and 18, because God wants to do this and he's in the process of doing this. And it says in Acts 2, 17 and 18, it says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters uh, shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my manservants and maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. So what is God doing in the last days? He's pouring out his spirit. Amen. But you know what? We got to get in a position for him to pour out his spirit on us. 
In other words, we, we need to get in a position. I believe in this time of, of this lockdown, this pandemic, you know, um, it, it, it gives us the opportunity to slow down a little bit. Uh, I, I think sometimes we, we run way too hard. We have too many things on our schedule. And we're not waiting on the Lord like we need to. Spending the time in God's presence like we need to. And the Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord. Somebody say wait on the Lord. Shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In other words, we need a recharge. You know, a lot of times my cell phone is low on battery. And, uh, you know, one th- I, I have an iPhone. And I, I love it. But one thing I don't like about my iPhone is that it will reveal, I think it does something at 10%. It may beep. But um, the old flip phones, when you're talking on it and you were low on battery, it would, it would do a beep beep in your ear while you're talking on it, letting you know that it's going to die. Some of you might have those flip phones still. You may not have a, a, a smartphone, but, but you think a smartphone would do the same thing. But the smartphone, after that 10%, if you don't get it charged up, you, you could be talking on that smartphone and it doesn't alert you and it cuts off. Boom. <laughs> and I'm like, this is a smartphone. You know, it should be as good as the flip phones. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? You know, the flip phones, at least they give you a little warning. And you know when it hits that little beep, beep in your ear, you got about two or three minutes of life and then boom. You know, you know your, your spiritual life when, when your attitude is down and you're depressed, you know, your spirit is going beep, beep. <laughs> what, is that, what is that saying? That means we need to plug into God. That means we need to start plugging in God. When we're getting sick and tired of the lockdown. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody sick and tired of the lockdown? Amen. But thank God it's going to be over sooner than we think. Amen. And in this process, I believe we're going to be more spiritual and stronger when we come out of it. Remember when Jesus, he was in the wilderness and we're sort of in a wilderness right now. When he was in the wilderness, he was being tempted by the devil. But the Bible says that he passed the test and he came out in the power of the spirit. You know, um, I was so bummed out when they closed down my gym because uh, I enjoy working out. As you can see, I'm a fit person. But anyway, uh, so I try to stay fit. And um, but I was really bummed out. But you know what? Uh, something good came out of something bad because now I'm working out with my younger brother, showing him how to pump iron. If John, if you're watching and uh, we're working out together and I'm telling you, I'm I've never been more sore in my life. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I mean, I'm working out and I'm and I, and, and I said to John, John, by the time we're done, by the time they open back the gyms, we're going to be jacked. You know, what does that mean? We're going to be built up. We're going to be strong. I'm telling you, by the time that church starts, I'm believing that all of you, all the church members are going to come in. You guys are going to be so on fire for God, ready to worship him, ready to hear the word of God. I'm telling you, you're going to just be hallelujah. You know, even some of my bad jokes. Glory to God. And so anyway, let's get back to this. So, so God, what does God want to do in the last days? He's going to pour his spirit out. And so what we need to do is we need to get in a position 
Amen. For him to pour his spirit out. In other words, we need to make room for God. We need it. We really need to make room for God. I like what it says in Matthew eleven twenty eight and 30. This is a message. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Now, I want to focus on that. Keep company with God and, and you will learn to live freely and lightly in God. In other words, God's yoke is easy and his burdens are light. And when we're walking with God, it doesn't matter what storm is brewing around us. We're going to stay in peace. Why? Because we're walking with God. When we walk with God. Amen. So in Thessalonians 5.23, it says this way. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I love that. That's a salutation. Um, at the end of a letter that Paul wrote, and it's kind of, it's a prayer salutation. And what he's saying is, may, the, may God's peace, uh, may himself, God, the peace sanctify you uh, through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I actually pray that for the church family almost every day. That, that your spirits, souls, and bodies would be preserved blameless at the coming of Jesus. And so, so what happens when we spend time with God? Well, when we spend time with God, God builds our spirit. He renews our soul and he strengthens our bodies. Amen. And so that's what we, we, we do. And so that's what I endeavor to do as I minister the truth of God's word. So I want to talk to you about your spiritual life this morning. And is your spirit strong? Are you building your spirit man up every day? You know, I was talking to one of my members here at church. He's right back there. Glory to God, Michael. And I was saying, when I wake up, I, I, op- I open up my Bible, actually my app on my phone, and I, and I read the Bible. Why? Because I'm trying to get the word of God in. And, I, and, I, and then, I, then I normally uh, worship the Lord. I try to find some worship songs and worship the Lord. Then I pray. Amen. Why? Why worship first before you pray? Because you enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. It, it, we worship God. We, in other words, our attitude would, will determine our altitude. Amen. And so, and so, so we, um, uh, so as I, as I, put God's word there and meditate on his word. He builds me up for the day. And that helps me to fight against a bad attitude. Helps me fight against anything. That, because that's what we as Christians really fight against most of the time. is depression or oppression or a bad attitude. And I'm telling you, attitude is 90%. I think every, attitude is everything. Amen. Look at Mark 5.1. We're going to look at this story. And this is a story about a man that was demon-possessed. He was bound up. And uh, he had issues. He had problems. Kind of a lot like us before we get to Jesus. And some of us are still battling issues, even while we're walking with Jesus. And we're in a process of being delivered. Amen? 
And so, and so in Mark 5.1, uh, this is Jesus. It says, so they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. So we see here that Jesus had a mission and his mission was to get to a man that was bound up over in the region of the Gerasenes. And what was interesting about this, his mission was not just to the Jews where he was doing most of his ministering and um, he was really helping the Jews. And, but, but he actually went to a Gentile providence and, and these people weren't Jews, but, but, but Jesus had a mission. You know, Jesus' mission is not just for the Jews. It's for all the world. And so Jesus was going over there. And what was interesting, he said to his disciples, he said, right before he got to that uh, place, that region of the Gerasenes, he said, let's go into the boat and get to the other side. And so you may not remember the story. I talk about the story a lot because it's a great, it's a great account of how the enemy will try to hinder us with the mission that God tries to place into our lives. And so the devil is going to always try to hinder the mission. Just remember that. The devil will always try to hinder us from walking out God's calling in our lives. And so, and so here, Jesus said to his disciples, let's get into a boat. Let's, get, let's go to the other side of the lake, to the, to the providence of the Gerasenes. And, and, and when they went into the boat, Jesus must have been tired because the Bible says he, he slept in the bow of the boat. But as they were moving towards their destination, this freak windstorm came up. Uh, it, this storm came up out of nowhere and it caught the disciples off guard and the wind was swirling around. And, you know, these disciples they're uh, you know, some of them were fishermen. Peter was a fisherman, you know, and James was a fisherman and and and, and they they knew how to handle the waters. But this was this was something out of nowhere. It wasn't from God. Sort of what we're dealing with today. This this pen, this this coronavirus, this you know, uh, COVID-19, uh, it's, it's come, it came out of nowhere, kind of hit us by surprise. Amen. And so what happened? They started freaking out and they, they screamed at Jesus and Jesus, do you care that we perish? Of course they woke up Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Whenever you get Jesus in, in your, uh, life, whenever you get Jesus, uh, in your equation, uh, he's going to always make things better. And so what did Jesus do? When they woke Jesus up, Jesus spoke to the storm because Jesus had power over the elements. And he said, peace, be still. And guess what happened? That storm shut down immediately. And that, you know, I preached earlier a couple weeks back about the power of our words. And we need to be we need to be speaking. And I I, want to keep reminding you every week, keep speaking that the coronavirus is dying out. Less and less people are getting infected and less and less people are dying every day. And, you know, and I believe that's happening. We know this, that I was watching uh, uh, President Trump on Friday as he was giving an analysis of the state of affairs of where we're at. And they said that in New York, where the coronavirus hit the hardest, that, that, that um, the casualties have went down 50%. In other words, it's going down. Amen. Hallelujah. Can somebody say glory to, glory to God? Amen. And I'm telling you, it's going down in every state. I declare it. Amen. Amen. And the people that are, you know, 
maybe getting it, they're coming through it, amen, which is about 99.5% of the people that get it are going through it, and they're making it on the other side healthy. Amen. It's only a small percentage that's dying, but they want to focus on that. Amen. Just a side note. I won't charge you for that today. Amen. So, so we see this, that, that Jesus was on a mission, and when he got into the boat, uh, I believe this was a demonic storm. And Jesus had to stop this demonic storm so they could get to their destination, really, to get to that man that was demon-possessed. And so Jesus spoke to the storm, and then he said to the disciples, where is your faith? And, you know, I, I really believe that this is what the enemy's trying to do in these last days, is he's trying to put fear on the body of Christ. You know, fear is going to come on the person that doesn't know God. But, but I'm telling you that if you are a Jesus follower, if Jesus is residing on the inside of you, then you should not be walking in any fear. Amen. 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 In other words, we need, if, you are, if you are dealing with fear, you need to speak that scripture. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power. Love and a sound mind. And then you also need to ask God to give you a spirit of boldness. Amen. Some of us need some boldness in these days. Listen, I'm telling you, uh, we haven't even seen the greatest harvest of souls yet. I'm I'm saying God is about ready to to open up the windows of heaven and pour out his spirit in such a degree that millions of people are going to be swept into the kingdom of God. I believe that. I believe there's one last great revival before Jesus comes back. And And I'm going to be on the cutting edge and in the middle of what God's doing. I don't know if you can be on the edge and in the middle at the same time, but I'm going to try to work it out. Amen. And so I'm going to, how many people are going to be in the middle of what God's doing and on the cutting edge? In other words, we're going to stay fired up for God. Amen. So we got to stay fired up. So, so look at Mark 5, 2 and 5. Let's continue with this account. And it says here, when Jesus climbed out of the boat, now he's, now he's uh, uh, on shore. And um, or he's on on the beach. And when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. And when he was put into chains and shackles, he often as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. So really, this, you know, I, I've studied a lot of people that were set free and healed um, when Jesus, you know, through the Gospels. And this guy was probably one of the worst. He was, he probably, he, he seemed like he, this man was, uh, this man had issues. Yes. Amen. This man had a lot of issues going on. We know he had demonic oppression. And I like what it says in, you know, and I'm going to say this, that, uh, it, uh, you know, this guy was a worldly guy, but even believers can be oppressed by demonic spirits. Amen. But God is the deliverer. Amen. And he can deliver us. And, and these demonic spirits, what they will do is they will try to uh, coerce us and, and pressure us to do wrong things. 
And we, we just need to, uh, you know, submit ourselves to God. We, we don't and resist the devil. And the Bible says what will happen? The devil will flee. In other words, we don't allow these wrong spirits to push us. Amen. We don't allow the wrong thoughts to try to get us into a place. How do you avoid that, Pastor? I, I, I seem to have problems in some areas. Are you getting up and praying and asking God to help you that day? Because I find that when I don't pray and, and I normally pray the Lord's Prayer, you know, deliver me from evil, um, you know, uh, in that Lord's Prayer, that I'm asking God to keep evil from me that day. And I find that when I don't pray and I'm not putting God in my equation, I end up losing my temper. I end up, you know, going fleshy. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever been there? And, uh, and so, but, but I realize that it's God's power that keeps me in a place of grace. Amen. So we can see three things happening to this man, and, and sometimes it happens to us when we're dealing with issues and problems in our life, when we're dealing with weaknesses. Uh, sometimes the problem or the weakness or even a sickness that we may be dealing with um, that we're ready to get rid of. Amen. Sometimes these things and with this man, this man was isolated. He was isolated. See, see, the Bible says that sometimes sickness, you know, in the in the Bible, when the. Uh, leopards, when, when they were sick, they had to quarantine them. Anybody feel like a leper right now? Well, I won't go there. But we're all sort of quarantined, aren't we? But anyway, um, but they would quarantine the leopards and kept them away from the regular people. They were isolated. And, and, so, and so sickness can isolate us. Uh, sin can isolate us from, from the goodness of God. And so, so we, need to, we need to be careful because the enemy will try to get us isolated. And one of the tactics of the enemy, it will try to, he will try to get us to think that we can handle our own problems ourselves. In other words, we don't need anybody else. In other words, we're, we're strong enough. We can, we can uh, handle whatever the enemy throws. No, I'm telling you, I, I, I need the prayers of the congregation for my family. I need you guys and I, I, I need fellowship and I need people around me. And, you know, like like my brother, John, I'm working out with him. I, I don't know if I would be working out as often. I worked out three three times last week um, if I didn't have a partner. Amen. And, and we we need each other. This isolation that's going on. I know it's for the good of the population, but it's not healthy. Amen. It's healthy for us to come together. Amen. It's healthy for us to be with our families. Yes. It's healthy. It's unhealthy for us to be isolated. Amen. Amen. Sometimes uh, people that act up in prison will get will be in confine in confinement. They will be put in uh, isolation, and and we were never meant to be isolated. We were meant to have strong relationships with one another. And, and some of the th things that the enemy will do, he, he will try to get us isolated from other people. Sometimes the enemy will work on people and, and sometimes in church and, and would say to them, you know, you don't need church anymore. You don't need to come to church. You, you have enough word. You, you've been a Christian for long enough. You can do it without church. We, we can't do it without the body. We need each other. 
I need you, you need me, we need each other. In other words, there's power in numbers. There's, there's power in unity. So the enemy will try to get us isolated or feeling isolated like we're by ourselves. And we're never by ourselves. God is with us and God will always bring somebody to help us and bless us. Amen. Ecclesiastics uh, 4, 9 and 10 says it this way. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him. (laughs) In other words, you know, when Jesus sent his disciples out to minister, I don't know if you remember this in Luke 10, he sent 70 people out to minister the gospel of the kingdom of God. He didn't send them out by themselves as in solo. He sent them out two by two. Why? Because we need each other. We need each other. We, I need you. And when church opens back up, I'm expecting for you to be part of the church and not say, well, we can stream it today. Amen. No, 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 no. We may shut down streaming. Just no, we won't do that. But just to get you back in. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I can feel the love on the other side. I can feel the love. So anyway, uh, number two, uh, what was doing in this man, he was imprisoned. You know, he was isolated. The enemy wants, but the, but the enemy also wants to imprison us. Uh, he wants a shack. He was shackled with chains and the, and, and he was in the graveyard and, and the people of that town didn't really know what to do with him, but to try to keep chaining him up because he was a nuisance and he was a problem. And so, and so he was in, in prison to his circumstances. And, you know, through this pandemic and, when we've been locked down, I've been having a lot of different emotions. And some of my emotions are anger, <laughs> uh, depression. <laughs> Anybody been there? Angry with the situation, angry and angry about how things are being handled. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Angry that things are not opening up quicker. Some people want, want things to stay closed down. But I, I, I think it's, it's more healthier for us to open up. Glory to God. Amen. You can email if you disagree and I'll answer you. Amen. Not. But anyway. uh, So anyway, uh, so he was in prison and in a sense, we're sort of in prison, too. But you know what? Even though he was in prison and he was dealing with issues like we are, we don't have to let those issues control our attitude. Amen. Amen. In other words, we can have peace in the midst of the storm and we can have a good attitude. You know, I, I was cutting my grass yesterday and, and, um, and manicuring my yard and, and there's a house being worked on across the street. And, uh, you know, I, like my wife says, I talk to everybody and I'm always, Hey, how you doing? I'm always asking people questions and all that. And, um, and so I, uh, so I met this guy. He's an electrician working on the house across the street that's being rehabbed. And I said, how are you doing? He said, pretty good. I would be doing better if I was at home, you know, not working. And I said, and I kind of thought for a second. I said, do you know how many people are out of work <laughs> that would love to be able to work? How many people that have businesses that have been shut down, mandatory, shut down, and that, that are losing their livelihoods? How many people would, would, would love to be working? And I said, and I said that you have the freedom. And I kind of gave him, you know, I said, I said, you know, you should be excited about the, the fact that you can work. And he said, you know, I never looked at it that way. 
And, you know, I just kind of, you know, you know, you know, gave it to him real good. Amen. And he said, yeah, you know, I should be excited about it. You know, I'm excited that I can cut my grass without the without a policeman saying I'm not allowed to. Amen. Amen on that. I, I'm just I'm just thankful that I can cut my grass. Amen. I'm just thankful for this little freedoms that I have right now. And we, we better be thankful for the little that we got. Amen. And so, so I'm going to say this. Maybe there's issues in your body that's not working right. Be thankful to the little things that are working. Amen. Just, just be thankful. That, that's an ingredient in receiving greater grace in our lives. And I think about Paul and Silas in Acts 16. And I think about how they were ministering um, in Philippi. And... Uh, and they were ministering the gospel and they were ministering uh, about Jesus and they were doing some good work. They were there because God wanted them to be there. But, you know, something happened and Paul ended up delivering a lady from a spirit of divination. Uh, and uh, this lady, uh, actually, there were some business people that this lady was making, uh, that, that they were making a profit off this lady and what she could do. She was fortune telling. And, um, and so these people had some clout and they... Uh, had Paul and Silas that was ministering, uh, they had them beat, you know, and thrown in jail and in stocks. Think about this. And it was not just. And so, you know, I'm thinking about Paul and Silas. I'm thinking, man, I'd be pretty upset about it. You know, I mean, my rights are being taken away. I'm in jail and I'm beat. But it's interesting how Paul and Silas, how their attitude came out in, in Acts 16, 25. And, and, and what happened was, it, let me just read it. It says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. So, so it says at midnight, Paul and Silas was praying and singing hymns. In other words, they were praising and worshiping God when they were in there at midnight, which would, would, would say the midnight hour, which is the darkest time of the day. And they were worshiping God. They were praising God. They were no matter what. It looked, I'm going to say this. We need to start praising God in this time and thanking God that restrictions are being loosened, that that the coronavirus is dying out and that we're getting back to a new normal. Amen. That we're moving forward into a new place. Amen. A new place of thankfulness. Because you know what? I'm going to be excited when Jason's Deli opens up. (laughs) Right. Because they have that salad bar at Jason's Deli. And I enjoy a a, a nice salad that I could go up and I could put my own salad. You can go through their drive through and they'll put their put your salad together. But I like putting my own salad together. Amen. Amen. I'm looking forward where we can go to Golden Corral again with the family. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Glory to God. But, but I'm going to be even more thankful when I get there. I might even tip the waiters and the waitresses a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because I'm so thankful that God has opened it back up to a new normal, a new thankfulness. And so we see that Paul and Silas, they, they, they were in a place where it was bad but they worship God. And, and it says here, suddenly, somebody say suddenly. suddenly, because see, I believe as we worship God, as we praise God in the midst of our storms, God starts working suddenly. In other words, God turns things around 
in the storm. God, I'm saying this and I'm decreeing to you today. God is turning things around. Maybe you got laid off. Maybe you're not making as much as you did because they're because they're cutting down, you know, your job, you know, for because the business is not moving forward. God will provide. I never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. David said, amen. Uh, Amen. So so listen, as long as we fear God, God's going to get the blessing and the provision to you. Do you believe that today? So what do we need to do? We need to just praise God in the midst of our storms. And God says, suddenly a great earthquake came and it shook the foundations of the prison where it was shaken immediately and the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. So we see here as Paul and Silas worship God in a bad situation, God moved. Think about that. God will move on our worship. I'm preaching to somebody today. God will move when we worship God in spite of the pain. Amen. In spite of, you know, the circumstances. When we worship God and thank God that he's going to bring us. Not, not, we don't worship him for the circumstances. We worship him because he's going to bring us through the circumstances. Uh, into the other side. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We, we need to start worshiping. That's making room for God. We need to make room for God. Amen. We need to just praise God. The, you know, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And right before that, he was saying, I know how to live when it's, when, when I, I know how to live and, and eat when I have food. And I know how to live when I don't have any food. And I can do all things through Christ. In other words, in all circumstances, whatever we're dealing with, we can still give praise and glory to God. You're not amen in as loud as I need you to amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so number three, uh, we see, let's go back, back so you won't forget. The man was isolated. And sometimes we feel isolated. The enemy wants to get us isolated. He was in prison. And, and sometimes our wrong choices will imprison us. Those choices that we make that goes contrary to God's word will imprison us. What's, what's, the, what's the solution? Get in line with God. Get in line with his word. Number three, uh, this man was incomplete. He was incomplete. Uh, he was wandering around in the graveyard and, uh, you know, he, he had no purpose. And, you know, I, I think sometimes we as Christians, we can get into a place where it's just same old, same old. And we're not moving forward in God. Uh, can I preach today? Amen. In other words, it's just business as usual. We come to church on Sunday. It's business as usual. Uh, we're not really expecting God to do anything. It's just something that we do. It's just a habit. No, I'm telling you, Sunday mornings, we come in. We come in fired up. We come in expected. We come in believing that God's going to do the impossible. We're believing believers. And, and so we, 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 you know, we... Don't want to be like that man that was wandering around that 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 had issues and really going nowhere. It's kind of like being on a treadmill, running miles and going nowhere. And sometimes that's like us in our spiritual life with God. We're not moving forward in the things that God wants us to move forward into. 
Amen. And so, and so what do we need to do? We need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to us. Now, let's look at the power of the gospel because Jesus is there. This man is all bound up. You know, he has lots of issues cutting himself, you know, howling, you know, at night like a werewolf. Uh, you know, this man has issues. And, and so Jesus came to set the captive free. So in Mark 5, 6 and 8, it says when uh, 5, 6 through 8, it says when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him and bowed low before him. Now, you know, I see this as I don't believe it was the demonic spirit that was causing him to run towards Jesus. I believe it was that man that had a desire to be set free, and he intuitive knew that Jesus was his answer. And it says that he bowed. So listen, you know, if the devil can't keep you, you know, he's going to try to keep you bound up, but he can't keep you from worshiping God. I want to say this, no devil in hell can keep you from worshiping God. And this man came and dropped down before Jesus and, and then the, the spirit, the, that demonic spirit shrieked and screamed within that man. And that spirit spoke up through the man. Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you're, you evil spirit. And so we see here that, that this demonic spirit was Petrified of Jesus. This demonic spirit realized that that Jesus had ultimate authority and power. No matter, listen, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what weakness, no matter what sin, no matter what vice, Jesus has ultimate power over that. Amen. Amen. And Jesus can set you free from anything that you're dealing with. Can I get an amen? And so here that uh, we see here that this man was all bound up, that the that spirit was speaking through him. And uh, but we know this, that this man wasn't always like that. This man wasn't always bound up. And there was a time in his life where things were normal. Now things are chaotic because we know this in Luke 827, because in 827, it says this way. It's the same account. But by Luke's perspective, it says when Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon possessed man from the town, from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in tombs. So this kind of tells us that he had clothes at one time and he lived in a house. So this man had a normal life. Amen. So this man had normal, but something happened. Uh, maybe it was some sin that went unchecked in his life. Maybe, maybe it was a rebellious spirit. Maybe, maybe it was uh, unforgiveness or bitterness that opened the door for the enemy to come in. Maybe, maybe he opened the door some way for the devil. Because the Bible says a curse cannot come without a cause. So maybe, maybe the enemy, maybe he opened the door through sin, maybe through unforgiveness. Maybe it wasn't any fault of himself. Maybe somebody abused them and a door was opened. It could have been that way too. So it could have been many different ways where this, where this unclean spirit got into the man. Amen. And so, and so but I'm going to say this. There's a promise. 
And in Romans 5.20, it says, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. You could say where Satan abounds in this man's life, God's grace to set him free abounds greater. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. God's grace enables you to go through anything and to be set free from anything that may be ailing you. Amen. 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 I like what it says in Romans 6, 14. For sin, you could say this, for sin, sickness, or Satan shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Somebody say, I'm under grace. And God's grace is not only his unmerited favor to do good uh, in our lives, but his, in, his grace is really his empowerment in our lives to walk a victorious life. Amen. Somebody say the grace, is working. the grace is working. Glory to God. Yeah. Amen. I like what it says in Romans 16, 20. And I, and I say this every once in a while to the devil. Sometimes you need to talk to the devil. Amen. And uh, it says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The wonderful grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. And this is Paul saying, he's saying that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Amen. In other words, my Jesus is putting me in a position to stomp on the devil's head. Amen. And I say to Satan, Satan, my Savior Jesus is crushing you under my feet. Amen. What, what did Jesus come to do? To undo the works of the evil one. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. God empowered Jesus to set the captives free. Of those that being oppressed by the devil. Amen. Let's look at Mark 5, 19 and 13. And let's try to finish this up here. In the story, it says here, Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? Because this unclean spirit, uh, Jesus already commanded for the spirit to leave, but he did not leave. You know, you know I'm going to say this, that demonic spirits, habits, bad habits, may, it might be a fight for you to get free. But I'm going to say this. Keep fighting. Amen. Keep speaking the word. Yes. Keep proclaiming the promises. Yes. Keep thanking God. We will soon be free of this coronavirus. Pretty soon it will be something we won't even be talking about. Amen. And it says this, that Jesus demanded, what is your name? So, so Jesus uh, asked the demonic spirit that was controlling this man, what's his name? And he replied, my name is Legion because there are many of us inside this man. You see how the devil works is there's one controlling agent, which is an unclean spirit. And once he gets into a man, he opens the door for other spirits to come in. So there's always one kingpin spirit. And if you can deal with the kingpin spirit, you'll deal with all of them. Because all the rest of the spirits are less in power and authority. And so he says here, he said, my name is Legion, for we are many. Then the evil spirit begged him again and again not to send him to some distant place. There that happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding in the hillside nearby. Send us in those pigs, the spirit begged. The spirits begged, let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission and the evil spirits came out of that man, entered into the pigs. And the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs 
plunged into the steep hillside, into the lake, drowned in the water. So we see that these, see, spirits, they want to be in a body. They're looking for a host. And so, you know, if they can't get into a human body, they will try to indwell into an animal. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And they got into pigs, and that's where you get deviled ham. No, that's a, that's a bad joke, but um, anyway, uh, deviled ham. Okay, so, so, so these pigs, they didn't even want the unclean spirits in them, so they ran off and drowned it themselves. Listen, nobody wants an unclean spirit in your body. Why? Because they torture you. They, they, they try to control you. They try to pressure you. They try to get you to do wrong things. And that's why we say no to the devil and yes to God. Amen. Amen? And so, so, so we see that this man is, is set free. When we get in the presence of God, God will set us free. We just got to get into the presence of God. We just got to get under the word of God. We just got to get, just get an audience with God and we'll, and we'll see our freedom. And so, so, so three things happened when this man got free. Number one, he got a new access to God. See, God wants us to be close to him. And, uh, and he made a sacrifice through Jesus on the cross. And when Jesus was on the cross and he said at the very last words of Jesus, he said, it is finished. And when he said that, the Bible says that the veil that was in the temple was rent from top to bottom. And, and that veil was the veil that, that was, in, it was a place where it kept the Holy of Holies in there. And that's where God resided in the Old Testament. But when that veil was opened up, that means that God, his spirit is there to be poured out on all flesh. His spirit, God is here to fellowship with us. To set us free. To bring us into sweet fellowship with him. I like what it says in Hebrews 4.16. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. Throne of grace that that we will receive mercy and find grace and help in time of need. We need to come boldly when God sets us free into that place of grace. And I'm telling you, when we do that... God's God's love and his peace and his joy will be in our lives. Amen. You know, in this lock time, we need to be drawing close to God. We need to be drawing close. We need to be coming into his presence every day. And I'm telling you, we shouldn't come out of his presence until we have a smile on our face. Until we're shouting glory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And we need to be shouting the walls of resistance down. Amen. Number two, when that man got free, he got a new freedom. And I'm telling you, when you get in a place of, uh, uh, of worship in God, God, and we get revelation of God's goodness, and we get a hold of his promises, we're going to have a newfound freedom. Amen. And so we see that it says, as a crowd soon gathered in Mark 5, 15, uh, around Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons, and he was sitting there fully clothed, perfectly sane, and, and get this, and the people were afraid. I would think the people would have been afraid with the man being demon-possessed. But they saw this man, 
you know, fully clothed because he was naked. Because what does the devil want to do? He wants to get our clothes off. And then he wants to parade us in front of everybody and expose our nakedness. In front, our nakedness is whatever our weaknesses are. Amen. And, and so this man was fully clothed. And in another account, it says that he was seated at the feet of Jesus. That's pretty awesome. In other words, Jesus probably was revealing to this man how he, he how the demons possessed him. And Jesus probably was telling him, this is how you stay set free. That you, you walk the right walk. You believe in me. He, probably, he received Jesus as his savior. Glory to God. That's how we, and then he, then, uh, then how we get set free is we keep filling ourselves with the word of God and acting on the word of God. You know, the last thing that, that this man received when Jesus came into his life, he received new purpose. It says in Mark 5, 18 and 20, it says Jesus was getting into the boat. The man had been demon possessed, begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family. See, he had a family. Tell them everything the Lord had done for you and how merciful he has been. So that the man started off to visit the ten towns of the region and begin to proclaim the great things that that Jesus has done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. So, so, So what is God trying to do? God, whenever we're dealing with issues, whenever this pandemic is, is out, glory to God, when we're back to church, hopefully we'll be inviting people to come to church, glory to God, amen. People won't be in fear when they, when they start loosening the restrictions. And we need to go out and proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. When God sets us free, we need to be telling everybody, I'm free. See, listen, I, I, I'm free from eating bad. Hallelujah. I'm just declaring that. I'm free from eating all the chocolate chip cookies. I'm free from these vices that the enemy tried to get me right. I'm free from, from, from alcohol. I'm, I'm free from drugs. I, I, I'm free. You need to start proclaiming it. I'm, I'm free from bad habits. Glory to God. And so Jesus gave this man a new purpose. And listen, that, Jesus has given us that same purpose. He's saying that I'm here to set you free and I want you to stay free. And how you stay free is to tell people what Jesus has done for you and how he sets you free. I used to tell I used to I think you remember me telling you that I used to buy lottery tickets. Yeah. You know, some say, well, that's not a sin. You know, well, you know, if I'm putting my faith and trust in a lottery ticket and not my faith and trust in God, then it can be a sin. If I'm trying to get the lotto to pay off instead of God's faithfulness and opening up the windows. If my dollar, my tithe dollar is going to buy a lottery ticket. Hello. Am I talking to anybody today? Then, then, then our faith is misplaced. And so the Lord revealed to me. I remember that, you know, I didn't try to stop it. Uh, the more I spent time in God's word, all of a sudden I didn't have a desire to buy another lottery ticket. It, it just fell off. And then I'm at 7-Eleven where I used to buy them and do that thing. You know, you know how those people do it. They, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, oh, let's see if I got the big one. You know, you got a little rush. You're excited because you're thinking you're going to win it. You know what I'm saying? You know, because it's addictive. Amen. <laughs> it can be. And, uh, and so, you know, and, and I was at 7-Eleven and I, somebody was ordering all these lottery tickets, you know, spending their paycheck on them. And, uh, and the Lord spoke to me and said, remember when you used to do that? 
I said, yeah, Lord, I remember when I was bound up and dumb, you know. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? In other words, you know, God, listen, just obey God. Just obey God. Start giving into the kingdom of God. Start expanding the kingdom of God. And watch God open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. See, you may be here and watching online today and maybe you're a Christian. Maybe you got off. Maybe you're bound up in some in alcohol or, 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 or nicotine or, or drugs or, or pornography. Whatever that vice might be. God can set you free from that. And what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to lay it all down for God. You, you know, as a poker term, you're going to have to push all your chips into the middle of the table. You're going to have to say, God, I'm going to give you all. And so my, my question today, are you ready to give God all? Are you ready to give him everything? Are you ready to push your life and say, my life doesn't count unless I'm giving it all to God? Maybe you've never made that decision. For Christ, Maybe you never asked Jesus into your life. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. You can have the freedom that you've been desiring. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're oppressed. Maybe you're dealing with issues. But Jesus can and will set you free. So I want to invite you to confess uh, a, a prayer. Say this prayer out loud and, and get God into your life. And and when you say this, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ died on the cross and was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. So I want you to confess this. If you've never confessed this, confess this out loud and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I turn from sin and Satan And I turn fully to you and I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Heavenly Father, thank you for saving me and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at ExceedLifeChurch.org 